right, guys, we are back with our teaching in the book of Revelation. Now, the last time we were here, we were dealing with chapter seven and answering a question that was left at the end of chapter six. And that is, as the inhabitants of the earth were basically screaming out in fear. And the question was, who is able to stand? And that led us to the next series of events, which was in chapter seven. And that had to do with the sealing of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. The sealing is an indication basically of their protection from the judgments that God is bringing upon the world, as well as choosing them for service to the Lord. And in their service, that service basically is evangelism to the Gentile world during the tribulation time, during those seven years. We find that they had great success. When I mean great success, that simply means a lot of people got saved during the tribulation. And this helped answer a question uh, that some people have, whether or not, will there be people who will be saved during the tribulation? That means after the rapture of the church, we know that after the rapture of the church, nobody is saved in the earth. So what happens is God moves by his spirit to save 144,000 Jewish men who will become evangelists to the Gentile world all over the whole planet. And they will have great success. A lot of people, Gentiles, who were once not saved they will get saved. But what we also find in Revelation 7 is we see a number of those people. And that's when John said it was a multitude that no man could number. These were all at the altar. And that's a special place in the temple of God. And we'll talk even further about that in chapter 8. But the point is they were a number of people that no man could number all at the altar of God, which means these people died. They were killed by, by many of the inhabitants on the earth and they died because of a lot of the things that they suffered. And that's what we see at the end of chapter seven, when God promises a special place for the people who died in the tribulation in the temple of God to worship God as priests and God priests of God. And he promises that they'll never die because of thirst and hunger and heat. The reason why these things are brought up because these were the things that brought about the death of the saints of God. They died by virtue of persecution. And you'll have to see that video that I made on chapter seven to go into further details about that. So that's what we did in chapter seven answered the question, who is able to stand the upcoming judgments of God? These are the judgments that are about to be revealed in the great tribulation. Remember, the tribulation is divided into two periods, the first three and a half and the latter three and a half. In the first three and a half years, we have the introduction and the rise of the Antichrist, all of the wars that are coming upon the earth and the earlier judgments that God is bringing about upon the earth. 
We can see these things in the beginnings of the seals. Remember, we talked about the earthquakes and things of that nature that were taking place on the earth. But now what you have to also understand concerning the tribulation as well as the judgments that are coming about is the seals. Okay, I tell you what I'll do. I just slow it down again. The seals. Remember, there are seven seals on this particular scroll. The scroll that God is holding in his hand is the full revelation of all of the events and the judgments that will be taking place during that seven year period of time. That's what the scroll is. It contains everything. All right. Up until now, as we are now moving into chapter eight, we have only opened up six of those seals. During that particular six seal opening, we have we are moving forward in time. But as we move forward in time, we are continuing the revelation of events and judgments that are taking place. And so we move into at the six seal that that interlude. That's what we had in chapter seven uh, interlude, a pause, so to speak, to seal and to tell us about further events and prepare us for the seventh seal, okay? So as we move to the seventh seal, the seventh seal is also the final and complete revelation of things to come and the judgments that God will bring on the earth. So the seventh seal is the last, is the final thing. But the way to understand it, completely is within the seventh seal are the seven trumpet judgments in uh, see that's in the seventh seal and in that final trumpet judgment the seventh trumpet judgments will come forward the bold judgments the seven bold judgments so the seven bold judgments are contained in that seventh trumpet and the seven trumpet judgments are contained in the final seventh seal that allows the seventh seal, the final one, which we are about to open now to contain all the judgments of, of the tribulation, all the judgments of God. Okay. And also what you have to understand is this, as we move chronologically through the series of these events, things are progressively I probably should even say exponentially becoming worse and worse. That is the judgments of that God is going to bring upon the earth are going to become even worse. And that, and we'll see as we move through these judgments that God will bring, we will see a uh, uh, narrowing the human population becoming eradicated. 20 already we have seen in the first part of the seals, those first six seals, 25% of the population of the world is already dead. 25%. As we continue to move through all of these judgments, we'll see greater numbers of human deaths happening to the world that by the time all of the judgments of God, this, the closing of from the seventh seal, when it closes, the trumpets will be done. The bold judgments will be done. By the time the series of all of these judgments are complete, 
the human population will be so eradicated till we'll be looking at anywhere from 66 to 75 percent of the human population minimum minimum of the human population is now dead and destroyed. For this reason, remember, we go back again to that question that they were asking, who is able to stand? And again, remember what Jesus himself said, if the days of the tribulation had not been cut short, no flesh could survive it. And so that's why we see the the destructive nature of the judgments that God is bringing upon an unrepentant world. And with that concept in mind, that idea of an unrepentant world, we will see that also being emphasized that no matter two things, the world is aware that these judgments are coming from God. Remember, that's the very last thing that we were left off in Revelation chapter six. Hide us, telling the mountains and the rocks to fall on them and hide them from what? The wrath of God and the wrath of the lamb. That means mankind is aware that this is divine judgment from God. So that's number one. They know it's from God, but nevertheless, the human heart remains impenitent. They refuse to repent. We'll also see that in our later discussion in Revelation from their worship of demons and things of the like. So mankind will refuse to repent, although he knows that God is judging him from heaven. Okay, with that long introduction, so we, we stopped off with chapter seven. The idea is what? The sealing of the 144,000, preparing them for service, answering the question, who is able to withstand all of the coming forthcoming judgments that will come from the great tribulation. We come from that particular point, And now we move into chapter eight, into the opening of the seventh seal. And remember, the seventh seal begins the trumpet judgments. OK, so let's start with chapter eight, eight and one. When the lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. So let me just stop there. I want to deal with those parts. So I'm going to break it up a little bit more so we can explain it clearly. So you guys can get a good picture of what's going on. So at the opening of the seventh seal, remember the seventh seal is the last seal. These are the final uh, pictures of God's judgment, prophetic picture of the judgments that God will bring on the world from the seventh seal come the seven trumpets. From the seventh trumpet comes the seven bowls, which means the judgment of God is complete. Okay. And because of the severity of judgments that are about to come upon the world, John says, as soon as Jesus opened it, that final revelation, there was silence in heaven. This deals with anticipation, a sense of frightfulness because of the severity of increasing judgments that are about to come upon the planet. Okay, so it's about to get torn up completely. So let's continue. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden censer 
and much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar, which was before the throne and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and threw it to the earth. And there followed peals of thunder and sounds and flashes of lightning and an earthquake. And the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to prepared themselves to sound them. Okay, so now we are introduced in verse number two to seven angels who stand before God. And notice it said, the seven angels, tus hepta angelos, angelus is the word. So that lets us know with that definite article in front of the seven, that these are not seven arbitrary angels, but these are seven specific angels who always stand before the throne of God, ready to do the bidding of God. And we know one of these angels are Gabriel. Do you recall that during the time, near the time for the birth of Jesus, right before the birth of John himself, that is John the Baptist, and God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, who would be the father of John the Baptist, and he gave him the message that John would be born. And Zacharias did not believe the message of the angel. And the angel said, I am one of those angels who stand before God himself. So we know that Gabriel is one of these particular seven angels. So the point here is that there are seven angels who do stand, these are seven specific angels, who stand before God to do his bidding for certain things. And these, of these seven angels, they will be given seven trumpets. And in these seven trumpets, as each one of these angels are commanded to sound the trumpet, it will be a particular judgment that God will bring on the world. So as the angels sound, each one of them will bring about a specific judgment. And as these trumpet angels are sounding their judgments, what you have to see is their judgments will be specific their judgments will point to a specific thing. And we're going to see that usually a third, a third of something, a third of something with these trumpet judgments. Okay. But as we move through these judgments, consider in your mind that things are progressively becoming worse on this planet. Life is becoming increasingly unlivable. Okay. But let me go back. To these angels in verse number three. So one particular angel came and stood at the altar. Now, this is not one of the seven, the, the seven angels. Imagine them standing before the throne being given seven trumpets and they'll be told when to sound their trumpet because when they sound the trumpet, that's when a judgment comes. Okay. So they are standing there ready. But in the meantime, another angel comes to this place called the altar. Remember we had, I think it was in the fifth seal judgment. 
fifth seal, the souls of the people who had died during the tribulation under the altar, and they were requesting, they were requesting vindication, or should I even say justice from God? They said, how long, O Lord, one who is holy and true, will you not judge the inhabitants on the earth for them, for their killing us? They killed us because we were saved. And again, notice we saw in the last uh, uh, judgment, they're asking who is able to stand those who were under the altar, that great multitude that no man could number the souls of those who were in heaven. So these are the people who are at this particular altar. And now we have God responding to that prayer. We have God responding to the prayer of the saints as they were requesting justice. We can, and you can even say vengeance from God because vengeance is a form of justice when it comes from God. Why? They kill the saints of God. And so therefore God righteously can judge those who killed his people. So what we have here is God showing his response. Remember God said God had gave those same people a white robe and said, wait a little while, that is wait and God will surely bring his judgment to the world. Wait. And he said he gave them those white robes so that they kind of comfort them and saying that God will bring in his own time the justice and judgment to the inhabitants of the world after other saints have been killed. So now what we begin to see here is by the movement of this particular angel, not the seven, but another one, here is the response of God at this time to the prayers of the saints in asking for judgment. And that's what we see here. That's why we see him holding this golden censer. And the golden censer is nothing more considered like a bowl, okay? A bowl with coals in it, and you'll have a, another vial, and the vial will have some sort of an oil, some fragrant oil, and you would take this oil and pour it over this bowl of burning coal, and that would produce a lot of smoke. And so the angel, and this you would see, you saw this earlier. I'm gonna slow it down a little bit more. In the tabernacle, okay, the tabernacle in the wilderness, when the priests would take such a bowl, such a bowl with the coals of fire that were taken from the altar of burnt offering. The coals of fire would be taken from the altar of burnt offering, placed in this bowl, and then he would take this oil, fragrant oil, and, and, and he would take it inside the holy place. Remember, and before the curtains of them, before the curtains of the most holy place would be this thing called the altar of incense. And there they would put the oil on it and it would create this great smoke behind the curtain of the altar of the incense is the most holy place where the presence of God was made visible, the visible presence of God. And they called that the Shekinah glory of God. And the indication of all of this is the prayers of the saints rising up before God. So what we have here in verse number three in heaven is the angel 
uh, indicating this same type of service as he brings this golden incense in the temple of God. And notice there it was contained in it, all the prayers, the prayers of all the saints. Listen, to that, to the incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. So now we have a response of God to the prayers. But what is also interesting to see here is remember again in the fifth seal, we have the saints of the tribulation, the saints of what? the tribulation, those who were killed during this time. And we see again at the end of chapter seven, those, whether they were killed or died, starved to death or whatever happened. Okay. The prayers of these people during the tribulation, those seven years, but notice in verse number three, this is not simply the prayers of just the tribulation saints, not just the tribulation saints, but the prayers of all the saints. So the idea seems to indicate here is these are the prayers of God's people from the beginning of time. And it takes my mind back even. It takes my mind back even to Genesis chapter, I believe it's Genesis chapter four, when we have the death of Abel. Remember when Cain killed his brother Abel and what did God say? The blood of your brother Abel cries out to him. So the cries of the saints throughout all of the ages for all of the criminalities and the injustices of the wicked upon this earth. Then that's what I think was going on here. So it is the cries, the prayers of the saints for out of all time is now saying. And, and so I tell you what, let me slow it down a little bit more. So you have the collective prayers of all God's people throughout all time is taking place here. God is answering that prayer. He's answering that prayer by bringing judgment on the world. This goes with the principle of how God does things. All right. And so God, upon this generation of people on the planet, God is bringing out all of the distresses of his people, all of their prayers for justice and vengeance and recompense all throughout all times. God is now focusing on this generation. So what has taken place? The cup is now filled. Do you understand that? The cup, in other words, in the mindset of God, there is always a cup of judgment. God has a tipping point, if you'll let me use that analogy, in which he says, all right, the, the cup is filled full and now judgment is time for judgment. You see the same ideas, just so you'll understand it in a sense, in a sense. You see the same principle idea taking place in Genesis chapter six, when the wickedness of mankind was increasing in the earth and it came to a point where the cup of judgment was filled. And when God's cup of judgment reached its limit, God brought a flood on the world. And what did he do? He destroyed the human race. So do you understand the principle? So once again, the cup of judgment is filled. 
But this time, the cup is filled from all the prayers from the very beginning of the saints. Okay, I hope you guys understood that part. And so this is the function of the angel himself. He is participating in God's answering the, uh, the request of his people to bring judgment on the world that caused us so much harm throughout the centuries. All right. And so he took it and he took, I mean, verse number five, he took that censer and threw the, the, the remember the embers that are burning in that thing. And so he took it and threw it to the earth. And when he did, it created, notice it said peals of thunder and lightning and flashing. These, this is just an idea of the ominousness of judgments that are about to take place in the, in other words, it's about its own. Now, if we would say it in our vernacular today, when he did that, that was simply a motion of him saying it's own. It is about to begin. Or as we'll see clearly here, the angels are about to start sounding their trumpets. And as each angel sounds a trumpet, it brings a particular judgment to the world and the judgment will be devastating to the inhabitants. Okay. So now with that, let us begin the sounding of the first four trumpets that will be discussed in Revelation chapter eight. And the seven angels who had the seven trumpets themselves to sound, verse six, seven, the first sounded and there came hell and fire mixed with blood and they were thrown to the earth and a third of the earth was burned up and a third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up. So now we begin with the first sounding of the first angel with remember the, of the seven angels that were standing before God. He sounds his trumpet and notice the what we see here in the judgments of God is this idea of a third of something being destroyed. Now in this, the whole idea, and, and it's unimaginable as we look at the whole planet, the whole planet suffering these judgments. And it is a third of the planet that is suffering these judgments. Okay. So that's extensive judgment. That's number one. But at the same time, two thirds of the planet is left unaffected, which shows something. And this is what I'm trying to say right here, guys. Although the judgments is destructive and deadly and extremely painful, it's really bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. But at the same time, God can destroy all of it if he chooses to. He can just simply kill them all, kill all of the wicked ones, but he does not. He only takes a third. So this shows the mercy of God at the same time. So you see two things, both judgment, God tearing this place apart, and he is righteous as he does these things. But at the same time, the other two thirds who saw these things and who are alive after these things, you are given a chance to repent. So that indicates the mercy of God. So even in his judgment, which is righteous, he right for doing everything that he did, but he still shows mercy giving the remaining two thirds an opportunity to repent. Okay. And that's the good thing that here. So we, it's rough, 
But at the same time, there's a degree of mercy. So let's talk about this first thing. So in the first trumpet, what happened? There was hell and fire. So we see literal hell coming to the world. And it said, and it had a burning hell. So there is fire as well as hell that is coming to a third. It, mean, it destroys a third part of the greenery of the earth. Notice what was going on. A third part of the trees and a third part of the grass was burned, which has to do with vegetation. And so not only does that destroy people, people are dying too, but that's also going to reduce how much food is going to increase famine, which will even increase death. So you're going to even have, even though the Bible is not talking about death, particularly here, all of these judgments are increasing in more human death. But the point of this particular judgment of the first trumpet is vegetation, trees and vegetation, a third of the world's green life. So, so those people who want to worship the mother earth and the tree huggers, you're going to really be in trouble when this judgment hits and a third of all trees and vegetation are burned up. And this will, and I can understand why God is doing that too, especially with what I just told you guys. Okay. How people begin to worship the earth and it's just so much trying to save the earth and save this and save that. Isn't it interesting how God himself is going to destroy the very earth that many so-called conservationists and, and the Sierra club, you worship in the earth. And God will destroy the very thing that you are worshiping. As a matter of fact, since I'm here, notice the relationship between how the judgments that God is bringing here and the similarity with the judgments that God brought on the land of Egypt when the children of Israel were in the land of Egypt. And remember, when God brought those judgments in the land of Egypt, all of those judgments were against the gods of Egypt. Notice, I believe that there is a similarity in the latter day when God brings these judgments to the world. Has the, the world now worships the earth in all of this preservation and trying to be green and all of this other foolishness instead of, and, and what you find is, as people have now turned against God, and I'm speaking right now today, right now, they, nobody wants to worship God. You want to remove God from the worship in the school and from everything else. But you want to always try to preserve the earth and, and, and in all of this so-called green and, 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 and the fossil fuels, stop burning this and keep this. Notice. These people have no concept of the true God. They have a hatred for God. They turn away from God. And in their turning from God, they worship the earth. As they turn from the true God, they worship that which is no God. The world, the earth itself, trees and all of this type of foolishness. These things become the God of the world as they try to preserve all of this foolishness. I think there is a relationship with what God did in Egypt in destroying the gods of Egypt as God will destroy the gods 
of this future world and even the world that we have today. Okay, but anyway, I went on some sort of a tangent, but I hope you guys understood the point that I was trying to draw out right then. But nevertheless, the first trumpet angel sounded and there was a destruction of the green things of this world. Eight, the second trumpet. The second angel sounded and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea and the third of the sea became blood and the third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died and a third of the ships were destroyed. So now we have the second trumpet and notice again that idea of a third in destruction, right? And so what he saw was he said a great mountain. Now, whether or not this was actual a mountain upon the earth that has some form of eruptive nature eruption. And I don't know, something just happened with that or, or, and I believe this is the idea. So it's either or in this situation, the great mountain has to do with some great meteor coming from heaven. Cause notice what he said, a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. So the idea seems, and I think that I, we should accept it literally, not figuratively, but literally. So the idea seems that there was some sort of a meteor that came from out of space. And, and guys, just in case you don't know this, this happens all the time. We constantly have little, little light meteor showers that hit the earth. However, most of it is burned up in the atmosphere before it actually strikes the earth. So at this particular time, this great stone rock or something from, notice rock, when I say rock, like ice, that's what you usually find. Ice and dust are congealed together in space. It's hurling through space and strikes the earth. And this is what it seems like John is looking at, this great meteor coming from earth. And now what we have, remember, the third of the green trees and stuff is destroyed. And so now a third of the sea and life in the sea is destroyed when this meteor strikes the sea. So the sea is destroyed and a third of the fisheries of the oceans are destroyed and whatever ships and vessels that man has in the oceans are destroyed. So now you got a third of the green life and notice a third of the sea. Can you kind of see what God is doing? He's destroying a third of all things in the trumpet judgments. Okay. So that's what's taking place when the second angel descent. And as these things don't look at it like a third of the oceans, we get a lot of our food source from the ocean. So now the food source is reduced. Even remember, the, the, the first one destroyed a third of the greenery. Food source is reduced by a third. We get a lot of our food source from the ocean. Now a third of that food source is destroyed. And also people are still dying in increasing numbers. Now, do you feel the judgment that God is bringing again? Things are getting increasingly and systematically worse and worse as each angel sounds a trumpet. Okay, so now let's go on to the third angel and his sounding of the trumpet. 
10. The third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. So now, we are now at the third sound. So the third angel sounds his trumpet. And in a nutshell, guys, what we see here is a destruction of fresh water, fresh water. So notice at the previous sounding of the um, second trumpet angel that destroyed ocean waters. That's salt water. That's salt water. But we don't drink salt water. OK, but nevertheless, much of the food supply of the fish are in the salt water. That's why the fish died. But this time we have a third of the fresh water is destroyed. That's what mankind drinks. That's what mankind drinks. And the result of this, and I'll talk about that, the, what happened earlier. Uh, uh, just give me a second. But the result of all of this is human population, which depends on fresh water to drink, we died because those waters became poison. So even again, notice what you see, increasing the numbers of human deaths. Okay. But let's go back and talk about what happened in particular. So when the third angel sounded back at verse number 10, reviewing what's going on, it talks about a great star that fell from heaven. Now there are two ways to understand it. We already know in the discussion of the book of Revelation, a star is symbolic of an angel. A star is a symbol of an angel, okay? And usually, when it, uh, almost not all usually, this is the idea, this is the idea. A fallen star is a demonic angel. That's a bad angel, okay? That's one of Satan's angel. So whenever we see the mentioning of a fallen star, this is the usual idea that it is a demonic angel, all right? So that's one idea to understand it. And we'll see that when we start dealing with chapter nine, a fallen star. This will be a fallen angel, a demon, a demon, okay? However, there is another way to understand this too when it talks about the fallen angel burning like a torch. This could be a meteor or a meteor shower, Again, this is another one of those heavenly issues. When I say heaven, I'm talking about stuff that's happening in the atmosphere that's coming from outer space, meteors showering, okay? And so, and so what we see is this happening to a third part of the earth coming into the fresh water. These things, meteor showers coming to the earth hitting the fresh water. These things are hitting the fresh water and poisoning the fresh water. And so when it talks about wormwood, that's the word absinthos, which we get the idea of absinthe, which is a poison, something that poison, it poisons the water, absinthe, which is poisonous to us, okay? It poisons the water. That's why I said it calls it Wormwood, it poisons the water, and when people drink the water, people die. Many people die. So I think what's going on here is, is some sort of a meteor shower. I don't think here the star is representative of a demonic angel. 
It's possible. So I'm not trying to be concrete here, but I think it has to do with a, a, a meteor shower coming and and hitting the fresh water. But whether it is a meteor shower or whether God is using a demonic fallen angel, it doesn't matter. What happens is still the same. The fresh waters are struck. That's the whole point. The fresh waters that we drink. Drinking water is now a third of it is struck and people cannot use a third of the drinking water and many people who drank from it died. That's the main point, whether it's an angel or whether it's a meteor, the waters are polluted. So now you have what? A third of the green grass is destroyed. A third of the oceans are destroyed. And now a third of the fresh waters are destroyed. And notice what you see with the world itself. The world is getting smaller and smaller. And when I say small and small, I'm not talking about the size. I mean the part of the world that's habitable, that you can actually live in. The world is becoming, is being reduced smaller and smaller that you can actually live in as God is constantly destroying more and more of the planet. Okay. And so note, and whole idea is to get man to repent and turn from his wickedness. That's number one. And also to make mankind pay, make man. Remember, that's what the angel did when the angel had the censer and threw it on the earth uh, in response to the prayers of the saints to make this world pay for all of its wickedness, especially what they did to God's people. OK, so let's finish this thing. Fourth angel. The fourth angel sounded and a third of the sun a third of the moon and a third of the stars was struck so that a third of them would be darkened and the day would not shine for a third of it and the night in the same way. So now let's do, let's let's stop at verse number 12 before we get to 13, 13 to be the final verse. But let's talk about that fourth angel once he sounded his trumpet. OK, so when he sounded his trumpet, the judgment that followed him was darkness. That's the idea, darkness. That the notice he said a third of the sun, third of the moon, third of the stars. They were struck. Now, the question becomes: does it mean that the illumination, the intensity was reduced by a third, or the time that these things shine was reduced by a third? I hope you understand. Intensity. In other words, the sun's brightness was reduced by a third. Is that what he's saying? Or is he saying that the time period that the sun shined, instead of it shining the normal length of time that it shined, that length of time was reduced by a third. And it seems to me, when I look at the text in the Greek, it says the day did not shine for the third of it and the night likewise. That's what the Greek literally says. OK, the day did not shine for the third of it. So according to the Greek text, it seems that what God is doing here is he is not reducing the intensity of the sun, but he is actually reducing 
the length of time that the light is given from the luminary bodies. So the sun does not shine for a it reduces the time for one third. Do you understand that? So just say, for instance, if you had daylight hours normally for 10 hours, it would be reduced one third of that time. And when the night came, when the night came and you were looking for the light to come from the moon, the moon time of giving its light was, was reduced by a third. The stars in the sky, the light that would normally come from them would be reduced by a third. So these are extremely supernatural events that is causing darkness. And that's what we see. And darkness is always the symbol for judgment. And at the same time, Darkness simply creates an environment of fear. So do you see what God is doing as he's bringing these incremental judgments? More and more people are dying. People, things are getting worse and worse in the world. What happened? The green trees, the ocean, and, 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 and then what? The, the waters, the fresh water, and now light you can't even see. Fear is increasing in the heart of man. People are in absolute fear of what is to come. In other words, who in the devil knows what's going to happen next? And it all takes our mind back. Remember what they said at the end of that fifth seal, at the sixth seal, cover us and hide us from the wrath of God and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of the wrath has come and who is able to stand to survive all of these things. So you see a fulfillment of their fear taking place as God is bringing judgments through the trumpets. But notice we've only gotten four trumpets and that's what leads us to verse number 13 as we get ready to end wrap up chapter eight. John said something caught his attention from all of these events. And what is it? I looked and I heard an eagle flying in mid heaven saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth because the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Remember. Okay. So now what happens? There is kind of like another pause so to speak but it's not so much as a pause as it is the john's attention is drawn away when he sees a particular eagle and and the king james version has an angel there could be a textual variant here and i don't have time to talk about exactly what a textual variant is maybe i'll make a video about what that is but the nesb has it and i'm going to go with this particular uh text here that the eagle was flying in mid heaven. The idea is the eagle is flying at the place of the sun. Imagine where the sun is shining as brightest and all of a sudden you see an eagle flying. So you can see him very clearly flying and there is a message in the mouth of this eagle. Okay, and the message is a message of woe. And notice that he has three woes. Remember, we just finished four trumpets. Things got worse and worse and worse, which means there are three trumpets left. And with the three trumpets, the eagle sounds 
three woes. And because as we've been talking already, things are getting worse and worse, the eagle knows the prophetic judgments that are to come. These judgment, judgments will be getting worse and worse. So you would think things are already, you can't live through them as it is. Do you really mean they can actually get worse? The answer is yes, they will get worse. Woe number one, worser, woe number two. And it's absolute worst, woe number three which will be the seventh trumpet because inside of the seventh trumpet will be the seven bowls of judgments. The seven bowls of judgments will be the final judgments of God. That's why he says, woe, woe, woe for these judgments that are to come. All right, guys, thanks for joining me in that one. You know, you almost hate to continue because things are so bad and death is so rampant upon the world as we have already dealing with just four trumpets. Man, I hate to even go even further. But the sad thing about it is we have to go further. The judgments of God are still not yet complete. There are, and what did the angel say? There remains three woes of the trumpets to come. And I hope you join me next time as we open up the fifth trumpet for that judgment that continues from God. All right. Catch you next time. Have you subscribed yet? What are you waiting for? Subscribe.